Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the what podcast where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you for joining us today. We have a very special episode with a very special guest today. Today we are joined by Tamika Simons, mother of Portland Trailblazer guard, Anthony Simons. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So, Tamika, today was media day. Everybody in Portland is super excited because it feels like we've been waiting forever for the season to get started, or for the preseason to get started. So, our icebreaker for today is what is your favorite part of the preseason? Do you like media day or fan fest? The actual games? Is there some other part? So, I'll throw it out to you too. What is your favorite part of the preseason? Who would like to go first? I can go. Um, yeah, I think I like fan fest um, just because it's be, it's kind of a, a cool environment to kind of watch the fans and how they react to the players and, and they get to play a fun game between each other and see the rookies get hazed a little bit. So I enjoyed that a lot last year. I thought that that was, um, was really fun. Awesome. How did you feel about how Anthony danced? I was pretty impressed. <laughs> I think he did okay. I mean, I've, I wish you would have did a little bit better, but I thought it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, how about you, Cassidy? I love Media Day. And because and why I love Media Day are all the fun games that Brooke films with each player throughout that we get to see throughout the season that gets released. And I just feel like the team does such a good job and the media team also does such a good job at just making everybody looks so great all season and it's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I feel like I should say games are my favorite part of the preseason, but really my favorite part of the preseason is also media day cuz I feel like media day has such a like first day of school feel to it. You know, like mm-hmm. everybody shows up and they get their they have their new outfits and you see like who grew and you know who got braces <laughs> over the summer, all that fun stuff and it just has like <laughs> such a fun feel to it and then by the time games start, it's kind of like your first quiz. And you're like, oh, now now the work starts. <laughs> yeah. So many new players, too. So I'm getting used to seeing them in those jerseys. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to uh, take a while before I'm used to Pau Gasol in a blazer jersey. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. So, Tamika, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got into basketball? Sure. Um, I played basketball in high school. Um, not beyond that, but I, I fell in love with it in high school. Um, took a little alternative route, but we did. Um, once we had Anthony, we, we allowed him to play. Charles and I both loved the game of basketball. Charles played in high school, and he used to play in a, a league um, around our area called the Pro-Am, where he got to play against some professional basketball players. And so he did pretty well in that, and he was a really good basketball player. So we just passed that down sort of to Anthony. He took to it at a young age. And so we've kind of been in the organized basketball structure since he was about five years old. And that's really how we we started and passed it down to him to, to watch him play. And then my daughter played as well in high school. Did you have a favorite team? Uh, of course, the Orlando Magic um, was our <laughs> favorite team growing up. I mean, we, we uh, loved Penny Hardaway with his 
why we named Anthony Anthony. That's amazing. Can I just say that's amazing that you and your husband got together and decided to name? I'm so jealous. That is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, we, um, Charles is from Tennessee. So it was kind of like a connection of, uh, Anthony and Penny Hardaway being from Tennessee and then him being in Orlando. So we're like, okay, we, we just need to name Anthony. And so a lot of people still don't know he's named after him because they call Penny Penny and mm-hmm. not Anthony. So um, that's kind of where it grew. Like it just was a thing that we did as a family and we loved it and we watched it. Um, kind of like the heat um, when LeBron and them teamed up. That was really exciting to watch because Orlando really hasn't had a great season. So we kind of gravitated towards enjoying watching the heat. And of course now we're, we're Blazer fans. So. <laughs> Both Cassidy and I grew up here in Portland, and so all we know are Blazers. We don't know, like, mm-hmm. the you know what it's like to be a fan of another team. So since you've come here, do you feel like, like, are Portland fans, like, just like every other fans? Or is there, like, anything different about different fan bases that you've experienced? Uh, Portland fans are not, like any other fans that I've seen. I think you guys are more of a college feel um, where people are a hundred percent dedicated, whether win or lose, like Orlando fans, y'all can say if they're winning, it's packed out. If they're not, it's not. So you guys are diehard fans. I have not seen any other arena outside of probably when we went and visited Louisville that has been comparable to Portland. Um, even on a pro level, the Lakers are different. Um, the arena is different. Denver was different. Um, so the only arena that we visited where we saw diehard fans have been Portland at the NBA level. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> no, because I really like I just figure all fan bases are exactly like ours. And so whenever I meet somebody who like grew up in a different fan base, I'm always like, what What was it like? Because I can't imagine it being any different. Well, so you said Anthony started yeah. playing when he was just five years old. Um, is that, mm-hmm. you know, has, was he also a fan of Orlando growing up? Was he also a big basketball fan? Like, how did his love of basketball develop? Um, he he loved Tracy McGrady. So he did like Orlando Magic. That was his favorite player growing up. And so he just, I wouldn't, I think the love of it be, probably was when he was in middle school when he really started paying more attention to the professional level. Um, Before that, he was playing the game because he just loved to play the game and he was naturally good at it. And kind of like your parents have you playing, so I'm going to play the game. And he didn't know anything else. But as he grew into middle school, he started paying more attention. And Tracy McGrady was his favorite, and Orlando Magic was was his favorite player. I'm wondering, kind of, what was Anthony like as a kid? And when did you realize that he was super talented? I know this probably is super cliche, but I mean, you probably hear this a lot, but really from the time we put the ball in his hand, he probably Mm -hmm. was two. Um, He's very observant. So when he was in the car seat, we would take him to my husband's games, Charles's games and let him watch. And so we would just sit him sort of kind of near the baseline and let him sit in his car seat. And he would just watch them go back and forth. So I think he kind of, naturally begin to see and, and, and mimic those things. So once we put the ball in his hand and we got him a little hoop and he was making it, his hand-eye coordination was really good. We're like, okay, he might really be good at this. So let's just keep at it. And so when he, when he turned five, he put him in his first organized 
um, league, and he was actually really good then. And so my husband started training him from that age mm-hmm. to play basketball. Wow. I mean, I thought my kids were smart when they were two, but they did not turn out to be professional NBA players. <laughs> so I'm guessing it was a combination of his talent, but also I bet there was a lot of uh, family time dedicated to, uh, you know, his success and helping him succeed. So I've, I'm really curious about like what the logistics are like when, you know, you have a kid who's so talented, who's playing, you know, in the competitive circuit. You have, you said you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, what were your logistics like? Do you figure like you were pretty much just like everybody else? Or do you think that, you, you know, your family had a little bit extra that you were trying to manage while you were uh, helping him along? Um, definitely felt like we had more. We have friends that had kids as well. And so their lives were a little bit different because they weren't as active into some sports. So usually six nights a week you we had to attend games, six? and sometimes it was we went from one game. Yeah, my daughter played a couple times a week, and so mm-hmm. sometimes my son would play two or three times a week as well. And then on Saturdays he would play in a league. So we were busy all the time and really didn't have a lot of time to hang out with friends ourselves. So it was a, it's a, you have to be dedicated to it, um, but it was a way for us to keep them out of things that were not good for them. So, you know, we don't regret it. It definitely panned out for both of them. Um, but it was, it was definitely a dedication on the parent side for sure. Okay. I always ask this of parents who have uh, kids who are real athletes. How did you feed him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did he just eat a ton because he was <laughs> growing all the time? What was his favorite thing? How'd you like keep him growing while he was working so hard? Um, he does eat a lot. He did eat a lot, but he's picky, so he likes to eat the same things. So, you know, typical kid meals, he likes macaroni and cheese. You got to force him to eat the broccoli. <laughs> um, typical things that would happen as he began to grow up. And then at, once he got to high school, I think it really was expensive because, you know, I think you've heard he loves Chick-fil-A. So it was a thing where he wanted Chick-fil-A every day after school, and then he wanted to eat another meal. And so you know, we allowed him because he was a good kid and he did well for himself as far as his grades and things like that. So that was kind of a, a reward for him doing the things that he was supposed to do. So he got to go to Chick-fil-A pretty much every day after school and then come home and eat dinner as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, my parents used to call me a bottomless pit when I was eating that much <laughs> for, for sports. And I can't even imagine because <laughs> I'm not nearly yeah, that boy, tall. <laughs> yeah, boys are different. They definitely eat a, a lot more than we do. I know yeah. that. <laughs> um, what was it like the day that he got drafted? Um, I imagine that was kind of a crazy whirlwind of emotions. And what do you remember about that? Um, I can remember us being, because we had a party in our hometown with family. And mm-hmm. we were in a room separated from them because... Um, I can handle stress pretty well, but that night was kind of different for me. It was the uncertainty of knowing um, my personality. I like to kind of plan things out and see exactly what's going to happen. And you cannot do that in the draft process unless you're the top 10. Of course, you know, you know, those guys know going into it kind of where they may land. Um, with Anthony's situation being sort of unique, it was a lot more stressful. I did feel confident and good about his opportunity. We were able to go and watch him work out at one of the workouts. And so I knew that he was performing well, 
Um, I just didn't know which team was going to take the risk of a guy coming out of uh, prep school who had, they had never really known much about um, and let him come and play in a professional league with, with grown men. So to say the least, it was stressful um, until we figured out where he would land. And then, of course, all those emotions were um, were brought out once we knew it was Portland. Um, and everybody was kind of rejoicing and super happy and excited about the opportunity and just it was a good moment. Um, but leading up to it, definitely stressful. Did you get a phone call? Did you see it on TV? Like, how does that work? We were in a hotel, so we had the iPad up. Um, his agents were there. Uh, we did get a call from Neil, but people knew before. I think they called the agent or someone told our agent first. And actually, no, actually, we found out on Twitter okay. because, you know, popular Woj tells you before. So that was kind of like a popular um, moment when he was kind of hinting at where the players were going to go. And I think Woj's tweet said that Portland had a laser on Anthony. That's right. I and so we were like, oh, that. he's going to Portland. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, we were super excited about that. And then they finally called Anthony on the phone and told him, I believe with Neil, that they were going to pick him at 24. And then that's when we saw Adam Silver come on the screen and, and announce it. That just must have been so surreal. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a moment that <laughs> you can't really describe it unless you're in it because we had gone through so much emotionally through the pre-draft process. And, you know, you hear a lot of things, again, if you're outside the top 10, where it kind of, you're not sure, especially from a parental perspective. Anthony was sure that he was going to be drafted, but uh, my husband and I weren't really sure. We knew he was talented enough to go, but there's a lot of other things that I think you need to have lined up in order for that to happen. It just can't be based solely off talent. I believe there's a lot of talented people that don't end up getting drafted. So we were worried about those other things, but he always told us, look, I know I'm going to go. Um, I know I did my best at all my workouts. Um, I feel good about it. Don't worry about it. But as parents, we're like, dude, you're 18 years old. You really have not lived <laughs> long enough to know what worry is like. But when it happened, it was kind of like, you know, sometimes you can learn some things from your kids. <laughs> they really can't teach you lessons because he was absolutely sure that he was going to be drafted. And it actually happened. So it was it was a good moment for me to feel comfortable with his decision making as well, because we allowed him to make the decision to enter the draft. And I can't say I was 100 percent sold on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's the, those oh. most important decisions are are hard. It's hard to make those choices and to mm-hmm. make it let an 18 year old make that choice on his own is who brave. Yeah, <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> so after he gets drafted, he finds out he's getting taken by the trailblazers. Then what happens? Mm-hmm. Because all we ever see is just they magically appear in Portland, you know, however many weeks later. So what happened from then on? What was the what led up to him actually, or the whole family arriving in Portland? Well, right then they kind of make the arrangements and tell you when they want you to come to the city or the state to, to be, you know, part, you know, part of the media and have those conversations and things like that. So right that, that night I had a conversation with someone that worked out the logistics for us to leave. I think the draft was on Thursday night. We were on a plane on Saturday. Wow. I believe we had media on Sunday or Monday. And then from there, we came back to, we went back to Orlando for a little bit. 
until they told us he needed to be back for uh, summer league to start up the training for that. Mm-hmm. And then does does everybody you know come out to get a, a house? Does he get settled? Like, do do you get help with all of that, or is it just like you need to be here on this date, and we'll see you at the practice facility? Well, no, they definitely work out the logistics for you and get you hooked up with a realtor and decide what kind of living situation you want to be in. Um, We had talked about it and him being 18, of course, my husband and I were going to make the transition with him. My daughter is older. Um, She's 25 now, actually. So at the time she was 24. So we know that she was okay with being in Orlando on her own. Uh, So we were deciding to make the transition here with with Anthony. And um, so we look for a home that would be fitting for him and for us so he could have his space. But at the same time, we're, we're close enough to make sure he's okay. Um, so we all moved here at the time I was working for a company that I could work remote. So I did that for the past year. Um, and everything worked out. I was able to to get up. I just had to get up super early though, because it, it was on East coast time. So I got up at five o'clock to work and I think I was done around two or three for the day. Um, and we kind of just made it work. My husband stopped working. Of course, you got to make that transition. He trained Anthony for a long time. We have other people that train him as well. Um, but sometimes it doesn't always work out when the parent is the only person training the kids. So you need another person doing that. So that kind of was going to be his role, um, while we were here with Anthony and then I would continue to work and do all of his other little small business stuff, um, that he had to take care of. I pretty much take care of that for him for right now. And that's kind of how we worked it. So we kind of tried to have a plan just in case it happened before. And that was our plan and and it it worked out. Um, Well, we're certainly glad you're here. (laughs) And today at media day, uh, Neil O'Shea said something about Anthony and he said he's the most talented player he's drafted during his 15 years in the league. And I'm wondering as a mom, what it's like to hear that about him. It's awesome, actually, that someone else can see the talent. Because, you know, as parents, as mom, we always think our kids mm-hmm. are great. I mean, I try not to say it often, but I do think my kids are great. So <laughs> I, it's kind of confirmation when someone else sees the same things that you see. Um, of course, my husband and I are a lot more picky when it comes to his game and expectations than maybe most people are. Um, it depends on who you speak to. So, But that was great to hear Neil, someone who actually drafted him, has that much confidence in him. And it just reassures us that, you know, if Anthony does everything that he's supposed to do, he has a bright future in Portland. And so we're just looking forward to him fulfilling those expectations um, that, that, that Neil has for him and, and Terry. Yeah, but my very next question is about kind of about that because I've heard uh, players talk about how, you know, they play a game and they get back to the locker room and they have texts from their mom about how their game was. I'm wondering if Mm -hmm. if you share your thoughts on his uh, play with Anthony or if you just leave that to the coaches. Oh, no, we share thoughts. (laughs) Um, We definitely share thoughts once he gets home and. Um, I just think you have to. I think um, I don't know everything about basketball, but I know it enough to be dangerous. Um, <laughs> and so does my husband. So I know his potential. I know when he's not playing like himself and I know what he can do. Um, and I also know that he was put in a situation where, you know, he's around really grown men. So sometimes you have to reassure him of his confidence level and making sure that in the beginning it was like that. Now I think he's pretty much 
thankfully with the help of Dame, um, he's figured out what he can do. Of course he has growth and things that he needs to work on, but um, there's still a maturity level that he has to reach um, just mentally to understand some things. And so we kind of talk through that, you know, and figure out where he needs to focus his energy on a little bit more and where he needs to, you know, pull back a little bit more. And so, yeah, we have discussions after every game, you know, about things that he can get better at and things that he's done, done really well. What did you like overall about, you know, what he, what you saw this year, like what he had an opportunity to do? Cause you know, it was limited, but when he got on the court, especially, you know, of course that last game is going to be in everybody's memory, but you mm-hmm. know, overall, uh, what did you like about what you saw about his year? Um, I saw the progression of him getting comfortable. Um, of, for, of course, I can tell in the beginning when he would get in, sometimes he was a little bit more timid than what I've seen him be, of course, because he wasn't on the biggest stage playing basketball at this level. So that was expected. But at the same time, we, we tried to help him through that process to kind of figure out why he was timid. And we worked through that. And I think, again, with the help of some of the mentors on the team, the older guys, they really embraced him. And they really wanted to to help him. Uh, get better at the game and get more comfortable. So I saw that progression. And for me, that was, that was one of the biggest things. And also just his maturity level with being around older guys. He didn't succumb to any type of peer pressure. He was able to stand and, and say what he believed in and, and really didn't move from that. He hasn't changed who he is as a person and his core values. So that, I think for me, I know he can play basketball. I know he's going to be really good if he puts in the work and the time. But I think for me, I, I concentrate a little bit more on his morals and his values and make sure that he's remaining humble and that he's really trying to, to put in the work and show that he's working hard and he's respectful um, and those types of things. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. I think you clearly see it when you watch any kind of interview with him that, that he genuinely loves the game and he comes off so genuine as a person and he's, it's just, it's wonderful to watch. It makes it so, so easy and fun to, to watch him grow throughout the season as a fan too. And so it's, yeah. it's a pleasure to watch him. I'm happy <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. That's what, that's what moms want. You know, we want our kids <laughs> to be good people at the end of the day. And sometimes this world can change you. You know, it can make you yeah. feel entitled and it can make you feel um, untouchable. But at the end of the day, like we're all people. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, you know, you're just fortunate enough to play in a professional where millions of people get to watch you play. And so I think you shouldn't take that lightly. And I think that's a huge responsibility, especially you give that to someone at 18 or 19. And so I think he's taken that on really well because I want other kids to be able to look up to him in a positive way. And so I just, those are the conversations we have about him displaying that and making sure that, that he's a role model for kids and that, of course, he's not going to be perfect, but you got to try to make sure that you are sending a positive message to people and not um, anything negative. Um, So there's some big expectations for him this season. Have you given him any special advice on how to approach the upcoming season? Um, I just tell him to try to be solid. You know, I think he's going to have moments where he's going to be up and down. Mm -hmm. Um, But if he tries to have a solid year, not put too many huge expectations on himself yet because he hasn't played a whole bunch of minutes. But once he gets a feel for the game, I think, you know, over time you'll see he progressively gets better. But just to be patient with himself and just to continue to learn and have that same approach that he had his rookie year, 
Um, and that's really all the advice that, that I've given him. So I've seen several videos of him doing some spectacular dunks, and I happen to be somebody who absolutely loved dunks. Now, is that usually a part <laughs> of his game, or is that just something that he does for fun? And how many can I look forward to seeing this season from him? <laughs> <laughs> that is was a part of his game in high school and in prep school. Um, he dunked a lot. I think of course, coming into the league and you got guys 200 plus pounds, you got to be careful with yeah. <laughs> with trying to do that your first rookie year. I don't I don't know if he can dunk on anybody, you know, last year, but he has gained more strength. So I, I believe that he'll have the ability to, to feel more confident in that. Um, he pretty much is an offensive player that takes whatever the defense gives him. So if the dunk is there, he'll take it. Mm-hmm. If it's not, he'll take the jump shot. Um, he really grew up being more of a jump shooter like he that's all he did and so the dunking really took place I think he started dunking around 10th grade 11th grade when we really saw the change in how high he could jump so a lot of people are more intrigued with that but he really was a a three-point shooter first that was the thing that he could do the the best and so all those other things just continue to to be a part of his game as he got older what are, what's some of the hardest part of being the mom of an NBA player that you've like? What are some of the things that are really challenging for you? Um, probably watching the games for me. Oh, uh huh. I I love it, but it's stressful. <laughs> um, because you want him to do so well, and you know what he can do, and I think. Uh, Portland has been a great experience for him because I think the fans, again, are, are really, really nice. Um, they really stick with their players, their ups and downs. I've seen that with Dame. I've seen that with CJ and, and definitely with Nurk since with the situation. So I think this is a good place for him. But I have been in situations where I've seen other NBA players, and if they don't have a good night, man, that's just not a good thing for them. And So they have to deal with the media. They have to deal with fans. And so – you know, as a mom, you want him to do well every single night so that he doesn't have to face any type of critical uh, feedback from anyone. So I think for me and my husband, we kind of brace ourselves. Like, even with the 37-point game, we're like, I couldn't celebrate too soon because I just, I wanted it to keep happening. I wanted the ball to keep going in the basket. And so finally, at the end of the game, I was super excited. Like, oh my goodness, he really did do all of that. But during the game, for me, um, I'm, it's pretty tense. I could see, I could see how that would be. Are there like, do I believe the, the families kind of sit together in a section? Like, have you had a chance to mm-hmm. get to know the other moms and other families? Like, what's that like? I've gotten to know um, CJ's mom and Dane's mom. I met Mo's mom, Scal's mom, Wade when he was here. Um, Zach's parents are always there. I'm trying to think who else on the team. Has he has he talked much about what it's like having lost a bunch of teammates all in one in one year? I mean, I guess he hasn't been around for a really long time, but um like that's gotta be hard when, you know, you spend your but first year. Yeah, I think so. Um he's gonna miss those guys, but that's one of the things that as as a parent we have to explain to him that that's kind of the nature of the business. You can't really get too, um, not say attached, but you just really don't know from year to year what's going to take place. So you kind of have to keep 
yourself focused on getting better and you always can have those relationships with those people, right? You're going to see them at games. If you've had long relationships with them, you can still text and call them. So I just think that's the culture of the NBA. And so you kind of have to quickly get used to that. And, And so it happened for him really quickly because honestly he is used to being with the same team when he was in high school, when he played AAU, he had the same people around him all the time. And so it is a little bit of a different culture, but that's the culture I think of the NBA pretty much. People move and shift depending on need and and where they land. So you kind of have to get used to that. Yeah. Well, and I personally think, and this this is based on nothing but just observation and like listening to him talk, but I think uh, Damian Lillard kind of sets the standard on the team as like, I think he genuinely gets really close to the players that he plays with. And like, you know, going back, you know, Mm -hmm. five, six years, every time somebody would leave, you could just see how sad he was for a little while that, you know, Tim Frazier's gone, you know, just the guys that he really connects with. But I think, you know, part of being a leader is showing that you can make like real true connections that are beyond just like, you know, we work out together and play um, games together, but like we really embrace each other and are, are part of a family, whether or not it's for a full season or longer. I think he kind of like sets the tone for that. So that's just something that I've I've watched from afar. Yeah, I agree. He does do that. He's really good at um, he doesn't have to say a lot, a lot in order for people to know what he believes and what he expects. Um, they just follow his lead. And I think he, I think he's a great leader. Like I'm really, really happy that he's, he decided to take Anthony underneath his wing. I think that was one of the, the best things that could happen for Anthony, um, as a rookie for sure. Yeah. And I heard, was it CJ who, uh, helped him get some suits? Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the young guys are a little bit different, probably than CJ's era, and so he probably got tired of seeing them wear jeans on the sideline. Him and Gary, so he took <laughs> them and got suits. But you know, we'll see if they wear them um, <laughs> outside of that, because you know they have their own little style now, and it's, it's it's different than when I grew up. And CJ's much younger than me, but I think it's also different than when he grew up as well. <laughs> I think I think CJ, I always picture like CJ as soon as he retires, just going straight to being the dad who drives the minivan. Like I think CJ is just sort of an older yeah. soul, you know, and it yeah. just made perfect I can totally sense. See that. <laughs> yeah, I can see CJ doing that for sure. But the guy that wears suits every day. <laughs> exactly. No matter where he's going, I can see him doing that. Dad comes home from work in a suit, turns into his <laughs> yep. changes into his cardigan sweater. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should yep. wrap it up here. Uh, Cassie, did you have one more question? I'm just wondering, what is something you are looking forward to most in the upcoming season? I'm just looking forward to the team doing really well. I'm excited to see how the new guys, um, you know, gel with the with the current guys. I know Dame's going to do an excellent job with getting everybody on the same page and. So I'm excited. I'm 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 hoping and praying for them to get back to the Western Conference Finals, and so we just just waiting to watch the Blazers play like every other fan, and and, and hoping that they do really really well. <laughs> 
I I end just about every podcast by saying from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> that, is what, that is what we are hoping for, too. Well, before we sign off, uh, I was just wondering if there's anything that Elsie you wanted to share with your listeners. I know Anthony has a website because I was just on there buying a T-shirt. Would you like to oh, care, okay. care to share uh, folks how, the, how they can find it? Sure. You can find um, his merch at www.theanthonysimons1m.com. And there's merch on there. You can subscribe. And so as things happen, they will send you an email let you know that something new has been put on the website and that you can go on there and check it out. Awesome. I can't wait till my water is wet or my, it's not water that's wet shirt shows up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for purchasing it. We appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been just delightful talking to you and learning to more about you and getting to know more about Anthony. Um, again, you know, thanks for taking the time out. It's uh, starting to get a busy season. So we appreciate you um, taking the time to come on. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. You can find the Blazers you, or you can find the podcast at Hoops and Talks. You can find it in the Blazers Edge podcast feed. You can follow me on Twitter at TCB Biggs. And Cassidy, would you like to take us out of here? And you can follow me at Cassidy Gamut on Twitter. And remember, we love your emails. So send us an email with your icebreaker ideas, questions, or whatever you want us to know. Maybe tell us your favorite Anthony Simons dunk. I want to hear about it. Uh, you can email us at hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us. Go Blazers!